We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another monumental episode of Coronations of Bangarangs and Daggers. I am Patrick Gearhart, and with me always is my co-host, Nate McHugh. Nathaniel, it seems like we just did last week's episode. Am I right? Yep, I'm glad to be back. Glad to be recording with you. You know, I feel like we're in the same room together, you know, just one, just one week later. One week later, and there's a wall between us. Yes. <laughs> How's your day going? It's. I just got back from summer camp or basketball summer camp, uh, or summer, I should say. And I had to leave a little early um, in order to get here on time. And we went zero and three while I was there. Uh, there's a team we played. Uh, I'm not going to say who, but they weren't very good. But man, they made us look really bad. Yeah, it's just a process, and I know that, but was this Jill it's, uh, team? No, um, actually, I was going to say something about Jill's team. Um, Jill, uh, is, her last name's not Heemstra, by the way. Like, you know, it's uh, I can't remember what it was, or her last name is, but his his isn't. Yeah, and because I went up to, right. okay, yeah, because I went up to him. After one of his basketball games, and I How said, "He's dude who writes who writes articles with your mother." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably what it was. And I thought, you know, he's probably going to find it super awkward. And I find things like that kind of funny. And so, yeah, I went right up to him, right up to him, and I said, "Hey, Heemstra." He's like, "I'm not Heemstra." And then one of his teammates came over. Hey, his mom is though, and so I introduced myself and. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. I, you know, I asked Jill. I said, "So, just to make sure I'm walking up to the right guy, you know, that's him, right? You know." So, uh, Osmond, though, that uh, that's a very good basketball team, really? and yes, that's and I think, yeah, I told uh, Jill. I said, "I I think they could win state next year," and they lost to Johnson Brock um, in the state finals last year. And that's guess what? That's who we play tonight. And I think we lost by 20. Really? So they're going to be, yeah, they're going to be really good again. They might have a future Husker on that team, Ty Han. Ty and he's Han. really, really good. Uh, how tall is he? Oh, he might be 6'3, six, 6'4, six, future wide receiver. How, uh, I don't how know. Bas- uh, football, I mean. Yeah, but he's a really good, ba- uh, really, really good basketball player, too. Uh, quick story about him I used to coach seventh graders, and we played Johnson Brock in. Yeah, it was a seventh grade team. And, you know, I, I they, they ran us out of the gym. We lost by 40. And I thought, oh, man, I can't believe they let these eighth graders come down and play, you know, with the seventh graders. And then he stays after and he suits up for the game after us, which was the sixth grade game. And so he was a sixth grader playing on the seventh grade team. And he, Looked like an eighth grader, so if that gives you any idea of what he looks like now, he, he's gonna be really good. Yeah, he's gonna be a really good player. So, 
Yeah, it's. And you think he's going to pick football over basketball? Yeah, I don't think he's not a, a college basketball player. Yeah, um, at least Division One. I. I think he he might be getting some Division One offers coming up if he hasn't already. I think he might have got one from one of the Dakotas, but you know, he he he's really good and you know it's hard to guard him. Jeez, and that's and Osmond's not a big school. I think it's a C two. No, they're D two. They're D two. And they, yeah, and I, they look like a C. Twenty years when I was in high school, and it's like I'm pretty sure they were C one, C two when I was in high school. So they, yeah, okay, all right, they're D two, all right. Well, the tournament that they were at, or the summer league, whatever you want to call it, in Nebraska City, like what what are you guys doing here? That's a three hour drive, and I asked him. I said, "What time did you guys get up?" And he, I think he said six a.m. Oh, you know, for that uh, all the way down. I mean, you said Nebraska City. Yeah. Yeah, that's Osmond's Northeast Nebraska. Nebraska City is practically Missouri. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's right next to Iowa and Missouri, like where they all kind of meet. Iowa, Missouri, Kansas. Uh, so yeah, that, that's a little bit of a drive for them. Not too bad for you, but definitely a drive for them. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I, I like they have to have it something between, but you know, maybe they don't. I, I'm not sure. But, but they're they're going to be really a good. A lot of those a lot of those tournaments, and you can attest to this. A lot of it has to do with co- connections, coaching connections. You know, pr- you know, have they gone there before? Uh, so there could be a lot of variables outside of convenience by far. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they lost their first two games in Nebraska City, and they ended up winning their third. Um, my team went three and zero. You know. Three and zero. Yeah, we went three and zero, and oh no. Coaching, right? <laughs> No, it's well. No, it's definitely not my coaching, but it's just matchups. They played really good teams, and we didn't. It's all luck of the draw. Yep, so it worked out that way. So you've had a busy day. Yes, I'm glad to be home. It's been a long day. So, speaking of sports, yeah, I have a question. Yeah, go for it. Do you? And I know we're basketball podcast, but. Do you think Iowa is sending drug dealers into Lincoln to sell pot to Nebraska football players? You know, do you think that's a possibility? That's a great question. Because if people don't know, today today we're recording um, Monday, and Wandale Robinson just got cited for um, possession of marijuana, and that's the second you know drug citation we've had are two of our probably most explosive players on offense i I bet you it's yeah and if it's not iowa maybe it's northwestern northwestern they're they're smart enough they might think about that that's kind of you know you know it's it's a good way to you know to kind of get to get some of the best players out let's go sell them drugs so or if if they were northwestern players they were people they would probably convince iowans to do it for them Yep, and Iowa would do it in a second. Like, exactly. Oh yeah, it's like hey, yep. we got Cubs tickets. Yeah, they, you know? Iowa definitely would fall for that. Yeah, but. either that or, you know, it, it could be, you know, these kids, they're home, you know, they're first time away from home. Pot is plentiful on some of these campuses, and you know, they just they, they don't know how to deal with it. And it could be that, could be a, a, a stricter, you know, rules code now that Scott Frost is there. You know, we've heard rumblings that he was pretty strict at it. UCF in regards to marijuana, and he could be here too, or it could be just that Lincoln really is this boring in the summer. Yeah, I 
know, I, I, I would love to know. Yeah. I would love to know what the punishment's going to be. Cause you know, Wandale's is going to, they're going to punish him some way. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a game suspension by any means. Uh, but like 50 up down. Oh, I bet it's even worse than that. I, Probably, you know, yeah. they're going to sick Zach Duvall on him. I, I, I just, you know, we're never going to find out unless you get to know a player personally. But I'd love to he- hear what's going to happen to him. It'll be interesting to find out. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think uh, it could be one of those things where we find out, you know, he was taken care of internally, or you know, they just might make this go away, which is happening. Yeah, and that wouldn't be a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially with everything else kind of going on with the new recruits and. Some of the lawsuits going on, I, I think, is as little attention and, and as uh, clean of uh, punishment, at least for public, public, you know, the public's sake, would probably be best in this situation. But I'm not a lawyer. You are. Well, I, I'm not a football coach. Scott Frost is, so you know, I he'll know what to do. My 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 only concern or main concern um, is the culture. He's trying to build a culture, so. What I, and he's got to come down fast and hard on these guys. Whether that punishment stays internally, then we never find out about it, or if they end up sitting out a game, whatever it is, I think he's got to come down hard. And because it's a violation of team rules, you it's know, people they they, they bring who is who is expected to contribute a lot next year. This isn't some yep. third or fourth string backwards. Like, hey, you are definitely sitting out these next four games. It's 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 a running back coming at number one. I think Mr. Kentucky football or something like that coming into Nebraska. We stole him from Kentucky. Uh, we won't get into that. But he's coming in. He's a four-star. He's wanted by a lot of teams. And he w- he's going to play. So his punishment's going to be looked upon very closely, not just by uh, the public, but uh, by also the university administration. Because this is going to say a lot about Frost, I think, moving forward. I agree with you. Yeah. You know, a big, a big a deal that Wandale is going to be is I got an email yesterday from some Nebraska fan or just a college football fan asking me for uh, college uh, fantasy football advice for college and just in regards to Wandale. And he want to know, is he going to have over a thousand yards of total offense? Well, if he did, he's def. I mean, if that's an expectation, I mean, we got to. You know, we hope he stays on the field, but guess what? I think long-term culture matters any, more. For any any offense, that's a lot of yards. Yes. Not that I know, but that's a lot of yards. Well, we are a basketball we, we, podcast, we though. We will let Five Heart Podcast discuss that one. Yep. That's more up their wheelhouse. But we do have some basketball stuff, don't we? We've got some good yes. basketball stuff. First thing is last week, the NCAA came up with some new rule changes for the upcoming basketball season. The first one, and probably the most important, is the movement of the three-point line from 20 feet, 9 inches out, to 22 and 1 and 3 fourth inches out. This is moving it from the current place to what was most people would consider the international line. This is where most international games are played uh, on the court. So... You know, it, it does a few things. One things one thing it does is it makes it it opens up the field a little bit more. It opens up the court. You have a lot more dribbling. You know, you can it frees up the lanes. You can, there's a lot more dribbling going on, driving. You can you can shoot the, from the perimeter a lot better with an expanded line. Uh, it also make the three point a lot tougher. 
which for Fred Hoiberg's teams who are known for shooting a lot of threes will, you know, hurt them a little bit. But one of the things in the college game, which probably mimics the NBA game, is that over the past decade or two, you've seen a lot more shooters, such as like a guy like Stephen Curry, shooting the three. They're going out the perimeter, and it has changed the game considerably. And I think doing this, it makes it a little bit tougher, and, it, you know, it'll probably open up the game a little bit more. So, and then finally, it, it'll also open up, you know, like I said, it'll open up the offensive a little bit better and allow the defense to cover more of the court. It won't cram everybody in, and it'll be a lot more, I think it'll be a lot better for defensive coaching, which, again, you know, could hurt Nebraska, but when you got a, a defensive brain, like Doc Sadler on staff, you know, that could bode well for Nebraska too. But then again, as we're going to be talking about until, you know, tip-off this next fall, everything we're going to be talking about in regards to Nebraska basketball is going to be a pure assumption. So, but with that, there's also a few other changes. Uh, the allowance for coaches to call live ball timeouts in the last two minutes of the second half or of any overtime. Uh, they're adding the use of instant replay can be conducted if a basket interference or goaltending call has been made during the last two minutes of the second half or the last two minutes of any overtime. Players will also be assessed a technical foul and ejection if they use derogatory language aimed at an opponent regarding race, ethnicity, religion, gender, sexual orientation, or disability. And finally... To reset the shot clock, reset to 20 seconds after a field goal attempt hits the rim and the offensive team rebounds the ball in the front court. Those are the five major changes that are happening to NCAA rules for this upcoming basketball season. Fun times, huh? Yeah, well, what's your favorite? My favorite. Or do you have a favorite? My favorite is probably, well, let's be honest, the three-point one's the only one that really matters right now in terms of major impact of the game. Because you, you move that three-point line out, it makes it tougher for guys to shoot threes. It opens up the court a lot more. Uh, it's definitely in favor of the defenses, which has, I think, be, you know, like I stated earlier, has been uh, kind of a, a tough spot uh, leading up till now. So I would say the three-point line would probably be the biggest one. The other one will be, I think, will be interesting to see is the technical fouls and ejection if they use derogatory language at, aimed at an opponent. I think that one, that's the one that's going to be made, is going to be making the Sports Center highlights. That's going to be the one where refs are really going to be keeping an eye on things. And I think you're going to have a lot of discussion after these calls are made. I think you're going to have a lot of hot headed coaches upset. You're going to have a lot of players you know, saying they didn't say stuff and whatnot. So when a ref says that, they're going to have to have pretty good reasoning for calling it, and most likely they're probably going to need another ref or some other type of official who probably heard it because, you know, if, if it's just him and the player and nobody else is talking and the other players are going to talk, it could be very much be kind of a he said, she said sort of a situation. So personally, I'd say those two are probably the biggest. How about yourself? Well, um... I, 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 what I want to know is, okay, so the, th the three-point line is now going to be 22 feet, one three-quarter inches. Why wouldn't – I understand they're trying to follow FIBA rules, but why just put 22 feet, two inches? I mean, why is it one and three-quarters? Just because FIBA's doing it? I don't international, international doesn't go off feet and inches. 
Oh, it's good. Yeah. Conversion. Conversion. It's pure conversion. Oh, I'm the dumb American. That's no, great. No, no, dude. My first thing was like one and three fourths. What the heck? And I'm like, oh, wait, we're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's like centimeters. Yeah. Yeah. Theirs is probably a, a flat number or a yeah. rounded number. Exactly. Or, you know. exactly. Yeah. So but this will, um, I, I think it's great. This will also benefit, you know, players considering how many Nebraskans have gone, you know, play internationally versus the NBA. So. Yeah. There, you know, the chances of. Uh, Nebraska getting a whole bunch of NBA players now is greater. But in the past, we've had a lot of kids that go to play overseas and you'll know, make money that way. Mm-hmm. The uh, I think, you know, I think the game is going to look a lot better uh, when you have kids that have to even just a foot back is a lot of space because, you know, you're just going to be because you're going to sit outside the three point line. That's what a lot of the offenses do. And just a foot back is going to I mean you're going to need defenders who are going to be able to defend in space. And that's going to be difficult, you know. And I was going to bring this up a little bit later. You know, big they're going to get rid of the old big man at some point. They're trying not to. When I say old big man, I'm like back to the post, you know, back to the hoop. You know, po- like Purdue guys, you know. The, the big the, they're going to at some point. Cause, center. What'd you say? number five center. Is that who you're talking uh, about? Yes. Yeah. The guy in Nebraska. And so the guy in Nebraska has never been able to really recruit. Yes. And those guys might not be able to defend as well. I mean, it, it's just a foot. It doesn't seem like very much, but it, it's a foot all the way around. And that's, a, you know, I think it's, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Hopefully we got guys that can shoot. Um, so that, that'd be good. My, what I didn't understand, or I guess I didn't realize, and it's just sometimes you watch basketball games and you really don't pay attention to things like this. I could, I didn't realize that coaches couldn't call live ball timeouts. Uh, so, do you know is that all the way, th- all the way through? Is that they can't now that I know now they can the last two minutes of any of the second half, but they can't at all before that. Yeah, I don't think so. That's. That's odd to me. I don't know, and obviously that's been the rule forever. I've just never noticed because I'm not, you know, when I'm watching basketball, I'm not wondering, you know, those little things you don't is the, the you know, is, yeah, and, I, and the coaches all realize that, you know, I guess I've never, you know, it's true that when you watch college basketball, you don't see the player, you know, dribble up, the appointment guard dribble up towards the coach right after he gets past half court, you know, they call a timeout. You don't see that. And so, I mean, that's obviously the reason why the, uh, the assessing a technical foul for derogatory language, I think it's not going to go as well as maybe they want. I, uh, I can't, I, you know, I think that, you know, if one black guy says something to another black guy, that's between them. And I don't, I'm kind of walking on eggshells because I'm white. I know, but I think I know where if you're a wa- yeah. yeah, if a white official assesses a technical foul for something a black guy says to another or a black woman says to another, I mean that I promise you there's going to be an uproar about that because, you know, just how the the climate is. And so that's, you know, I think that's that's going to happen, I think. And 
Uh, hopefully they have some guidance on how they should address those issues. Uh, and hope, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen, but you know, I assume it's going to, I, I highly doubt religion's going to, I mean, or gender, maybe sexual orientation because of the use of some of the words. Um, but I think race is going to be a main, a main issue. And I think it's, you know, it's going to pop up at some point. So those are, you know, some of my thoughts about that. I, uh, the, the interference and goal, goaltending, I think they should allow them, you know, to once the ball hits the rim, they should be able to hit the ball. And that's kind of international rule. I think basketball is going to start moving that way. Uh, but the one thought I had among, among others, obviously is that one of the proposed rules they had earlier before they you know got to this point was they were going to widen the lane and, that is another way to open up the lane or open up the court for the offense. The reasoning, however, that they did not do it is because they wanted to protect the big man, the old traditional big man. And uh, we can disagree on that. I just think that's a bad idea because these kids want to go play in the NBA. You know, the NBA has almost no traditional big men left. And so you're kind of, you know, I mean, give these kids, you know, opportunities to show that they, you know, can play with a wider lane, you know, to go make some money. But I just sometimes, you know, leaving things the way they are just to, you know, to keep the tradition safe, I think it's not always a great idea. But it's, you know, it's up to them. And I promise you it's coming someday. We'll be doing this uh, podcast a year from now, and we'll be discussing the changes in regards to that. Maybe this is the year it breaks. It could be. Yeah, we'll find out. That's a lot of dead space right there. <laughs> Maybe we'll throw in another ad. I think it's a good spot for an ad. <laughs> uh, well, what would we like to sell now? I mean. Uh, what, what are we going to sell now? Well, let's see. Five Heart has blue chew. <laughs> and for our, for our, our listeners, I and I may have already said this. I had no idea what blue chew was. I didn't know until either. Until they brought it up, and uh, I thought it was chewing tobacco. It's people can look it up. But it's not yeah, chewing tobacco. Not chewing tobacco or like chewing jewel. <laughs> yeah. So you know it's maybe we could out. sell bacon or something. Unfortunately, I don't think we get the pick. But no, we don't uh, get a pick. Right now we're just selling SB Nation stuff, which is good. They do us well. Very happy with SB Nation. Yep, I'm not going to complain. Not at all, not at all. You know what? We should move on to the next subject, which is who did the better hire, Nebraska or Michigan? Fred Hoiberg or Juwan Howard? We've got <laughs> one guy, Fred Hoiberg, who has a history not just in the NBA, but also coaching in college and the NBA. And you've got Juwan Howard, who played a lot in the NBA, but who really hasn't coached. Nate, who do you think is going to have the better chance? Oh, well, this is a really difficult question. Do we take the coach that's been established and has actually shown that he can be successful, or do we pick the coach that is happens to be an alum who has never had to recruit – 
uh, who has never called a play in a basketball game. I don't know. I, you know, it's, that's really tough. I, I, I wrote an article about this actually uh, a couple weeks ago and I said, it's kind of like bizarro world, right? Where in the, in college basketball, you know, we, I think Nebraska at this point, and it's between probably us and Texas A&M because Texas A&M got Buzz Williams. Uh, Nebraska basketball great might have the – what did you say? Buzz Williams, great coach. Yes. Nebraska basketball might have had the best hire during the offseason, and that includes schools like, in this case, Michigan, who – I mean, that, that that is a probably a top five program, if not like top eight. It should be. And, you know – and I think they settled. They had no choice. Yeah, I, you know, I, I compared him to uh, us hiring Tyron Lue, and I'm glad that did not happen. I think that would not have gone well. Why are we, I, why are we I think the most important him? thing. Why are we talking about Tyron? Yeah, well, the most important thing for coaching in college basketball is recruiting. And at this point, yeah, at, at this point, I think. Uh, Hoiberg has shown that he can get the coaches um, to to who have the connections. And I saw earlier this week that we actually Nebraska offered a five star basketball player. I mean, well, I mean, when has that ever happened before? I don't know. I mean, if they did, nobody paid attention. Yeah, and it, you know they probably thought they were wasting their time, but I don't think this coaching staff is. They're not going to just go. Uh, you know, offers some whole, like every five star in the country to see maybe one's going to show up. But I assume they think they might have a chance to get him. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's Terrence Clark. He's a five star out of I think Louisiana. Where's he out of? I'm trying to. Think. Yeah, I don't have him in front of me. I don't either. I don't either. But he's he's gotten a lot. Of, he's gotten a lot of attention. You know, and I think, you know, with the current coaching staff, we have a chance to get him. Uh, back to Juwan, uh, you know, he's been an assistant with the Heat for quite some time, I think since 2013 or so. So it's not like he doesn't have any coaching experience, but it's a little bit different when you go from an assistant of an NBA team, I think, to, like you state, you know, it's a top five, top ten program in Michigan. I would say that probably uh, – People will disagree with me, but I kind of almost look at them more as a basketball school than I do a football school. Um, I think most of their success, I think most of their image came from the 90s, not of the 97 team, but of the teams that, you know, guys like Juwan Howard was on in the early 90s. The Fab Five, the ones, the bad boys, the guys who brought in the baggy shorts, and, you know, and jerseys, the guy who basically determined how you, guys like you and I played basketball back then you know okay the fab five yeah we wore you know we wore those baggy shorts because those guys did those guys influenced a whole generation of basketball players and you know so i think michigan michigan i hope for their sake he works out well but it's it's definitely a wait and see um it's he he could he could recruit well i mean just his name alone he could probably pull some guys in Coaching at Michigan will help him out because Michigan can bring those players in. But 
you know, we'll see what happens. And I haven't really looked that into deep into his assistant coaches or anything like that. But, you know, Michigan's got money. They, they should be able to spend it on some good assistants. And hopefully he can manage those assistants well. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Right now, I, I, I'm with you. I'm in the camp and, you know, call us homers. Fred Hoiberg is, is the proven commodity. He is one of the better coaches to come out in a while. And I think he will be the better coach, not just for Nebraska, but also period, just period in, in between Michigan and Nebraska. And I think in the long run, Nebraska will have a better track record than Michigan will under Juwan Howard. And the sad part is that, you know, and I hope Juwan Howard does well, um, except for when they play Nebraska, you know, because seems like a great guy. He's paid his dues, which I completely appreciate because uh, he didn't just get a coaching job because he, you know, he happened to be just a former player. He's actually been coaching and working his way up in the NBA for years now. Well, he, he, I think his last few years in the NBA, he didn't play a whole lot, but I think he was no. If I remember it, I, I'm racking my memory bank on this, but I think he was kind of known as a player coach back then. You know, I mean, he he was on the bench for those last few years, but he was kind of he, he was kind of a, a coach. You know, <laughs> that dressed that dressed on game day for a lot of those players, and I think you know he I think he's definitely got a future. Just we just kind of need to see it. We need to see what happens. Yeah, he got he, his last, last – at least I know in, uh, for the Heat, um, when he was a player, um, I, believe, I believe I'm getting that correct, he was paid. He got contract just because he's a, a great locker room guy. And so that says a lot about him. And, I mean, if an NBA, ro- or an NBA squad is going to take up a roster spot just because you're such a good locker room guy, he, he'll deal with issues, he'll call people out. You know, and so that, I think that's why he's gotten a lot of respect around the NBA. But he hasn't coached a game. He hasn't recruited a single player when he got hired. So I, you know, you know, good luck to him. But I think that we're in bizarro world with Nebraska getting a better coaching hire than Michigan at this point. And in the end, we'll maybe we'll find out that Hoiberg actually, you know, maybe he won't be successful. I think he will. Uh, and that maybe John Howard will be successful. I think he won't, and I'll be wrong. But I think just when you look at just the grading, just the hire itself, I think Nebraska won by a landslide. I think most people would agree with that, and I think that's just just crazy to me that Nebraska in football and now in basketball has probably gotten the best hire in both sports. You know, and we've gotten lucky that Scott Frost is a you know former player and all that. And then you find then we got Hoiberg and you find out he has all these Nebraska connections, and now we got baseball coming up. We don't have to get into that or anything, but yeah, you know we we, we, we might get a great hire there. We published a little too early last week in regards to baseball on our podcast. If you don't know, Darren Erstad has stepped down as Nebraska baseball coach, so we're waiting in limbo to see who. Who Nebraska baseball picks up, and that really could be a home run hire, knowing Bill Moose and the money Nebraska is willing to spend now on coaches. Yeah, I. I this is. Uh, yeah, what what was Icorse doing? That I mean, that Moose. I don't know. Did, did Icorse not know where the spigot was to turn on money or what? I mean, Moose gets here, and we're gonna. Spend five million on a head coach for football. We're going to spend, I think, what three and a half million on the head coach for basketball. You know, he's looking at 
you know, from where we've heard maybe, you know, double, you know, double to triple what maybe, uh, our baseball coach was making for a baseball coach. I mean, was, did I of course not know where the spigot was? I mean, just I think a lot ter- of it had to do with the fact that he was trying to figure out the athletic department in Nebraska culture as best as he could. On top of that, he followed a very, very conservative athletic director in, in regards to spending money in any major changes in Tom Osborne. And I think he, it, you can't just go from being uber conservative to we're going to spend a ton of money, which kind of is what happened with Bill Moose. So, you know, I, maybe Icarus just needed more time to get in that position. Maybe Bill Moose has a better mind on how to you know go about that and that's why he moved so quickly i don't know you know maybe i was not comfortable spending that type of money in the situation that nebraska was in not that nebraska did not have money but our culture was not of that nature does that make sense yeah well and admittedly though also is that bill moose kind of stumbled into both of these amazing hires i mean i wasn't when he was hiring mike riley scott frost you know, I didn't even get interviewed, I guess. Uh, he he wasn't the the best candidate in the entire country like he was when Moose was here. And Hoiberg wasn't – I think he was probably coaching the NBA at the time uh, when Icors, you know – well, he Icors didn't hire a basketball coach. But, you know, it's – you know, sometimes you get lucky, but, you know, Moose went for it. I don't think Icors – Icors would end up hiring someone from, you know, Northwest Missouri State or something. And uh, and so uh, you know, thankfully, I'm glad Moose is here, and I think he's going to try to swing for the fences again with a baseball coach. And you know, we get, you know, I'll be happy if it happens. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. I mean, there's rumors that you know we might pick up Childress from Texas A&M, former Husker assistant, or it could be his assistant Bolt, former Husker assistant and player. Or it could be somebody I know. Central Michigan's coach was bounced around. I think Saint, I, I don't know. There, there's a bunch of mid-major coaches out there that they've mentioned that could do well. But you know, I'm guessing, and from from everything that's been going on, it sounds like in the next week or two during the College World Series is probably when they're going to finalize. It's going to be my guess. I mean, that's when the entire world's going to be not looking just upon Omaha, but Nebraska as a whole. So it would be kind of a good podium to kind of start this start this off right and really get recruits across the nation looking at Nebraska. So th- th- this could all be very well played out in the end. Again, for Bill Moose. How he does it, I don't know. But man, he's going to found the spigot. of an AD. <laughs> what? He found the spigot. That's all I know. Uh, it's, yeah, he, that's right. yeah, he found the spigot, and he just he hasn't turned it off. Yeah, left the Lucy righty tidy. So, yeah, uh, uh, I'll... I'll take it. So we're about I think done. You, we're about done. Oh, I, are you going to say anything about Ronza? Well, I was going to ask you. I was going to say, we're about done. What is it? Runza or Ronza? I, I'm not sure. You might have to tell me. I think it's Runza. <laughs> <laughs> ESPN, you screwed this one up big time. But it made for good fodder on Twitter, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I went up to uh, – actually, after – uh, someone posted it or is making its way through Twitter. I we actually were going through Runza to get corn dogs for my kids, and I went up to the uh, um, the drive-through, and there's a a, a a a young woman there, and I asked, "Is it Runza 
is it Ronza or Runza? And she looked at me like, what? I said, because ESPN says it's Ronza. And this is one of those times I knew she was going to be super awkward about it. And I, th- I think it's funny. But um, she actually took it pretty well. And I said, yeah, just Google it or just look on Twitter. Uh, yeah. ESPN, every time they said it, you just kind of cringe a little bit. For it's those like, of you who don't know, the Omaha Storm Chasers like to change their names for fun nights. And they partnered up with Renza this weekend. And they bought, they did a bunch of jerseys, hats, and whatnot. ESPN picked it up, and they wore them. They ate Runza's on air. And they kept calling it Ronza, as in Ron Swanson. They called it Ronza, <laughs> not Runza. And, of course, Nebraska's little little internet place in the world just went nuts. So, you know, they, someone, had, someone at ESPN had to have told them, Oh, by the way, this is how they pronounce it, because you can't look at the word Runza and f- get Ronza out of it. I mean, it's literally it pronounced how it looks. It could be an East Coast yeah. accent thing. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe they, maybe they pronounce. Maybe it needs umlauts for them. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works, but yeah. So yeah, so yeah, it's Runza. It's not Ronza. Get it together, ESPN. I'm not going to say stick to sports. I'll let, I'll let you do that. No, that's you know, I, I love topics that aren't about sports. And I also love sports. So. And I also love Ronzas. I'm not a big Ron, and a big, I about said Ronza. Oh my. I, oh my. <laughs> I about said, I'm not a big Ronza fan. I'm not, I'm not, but I'm also not a big Runza fan. Homemade Runza is the best. However, if Runza wants to sponsor us, Runza's Runza's are the best. Well, the NBA Finals is going on right now. Did you know that? Don't care. <laughs> How do people not care about the NBA Finals? I just don't. Never, it's been years since I've cared about the NBA. Right now, the Warriors are up by three with about eight minutes left. So I got time to get home. So. All right, man. Have a good night. Yeah, you too.